0: Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books.
1: Good morning, everyone. Can you believe it is April? What? How is this year beating by. But anyway, it's April, and I'm very excited for you to meet our next guest, our first author of April. It is Luna Joya, and if you haven't read her books yet, you are in for a huge treat. Plus, she writes paranormal romance and monster romance, which are like my favorites, so I've been looking forward to today. If you haven't read her yet, I'm going to read her bio here so you can get to know her luna is a survivor of traumatic brain injury with steel body parts so she's bionic luna lives in southern california with her combat veteran husband and their two-pound terror of a rescue pump pup tiny editor (laughs) tiny editor is adorable and all over social media so definitely go connect with luna i did put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site if you're listening live or listening later. So click that and follow her on social media and check out Tiny Editor. Definitely worth it. She also loves Disney tacos and dragon shifters. She writes steamy romances that Publishers Weekly called Wickedly Delightful. So definitely check out her website. It's right there. And with no further delay, are you there, Luna? Good morning. It's so nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you, too. How are things over there on the West Coast? I'm from San Diego, but now currently trapped in Florida. So anytime West
0: Coasters are on, I'm like, how is it over there where there's no humidity? But you guys have had a bunch of rain. We had rain last night, and it's chilly this oh my morning. Gosh. When I got up, I thought, where are we? But yeah, it should be back. To being pretty by this weekend it was gorgeous this weekend of course when you live in san diego the, we tease the <laughs> meteorologist say it's nice right it's nice. that's all we got it's nice it's,
1: it's a safe bet it's always nice <laughs> uh, so you have a new monster romance out called match to the minotaur that is just lighting up amazon you
0: want to tell everybody about it and why they should go grab a coffee today Oh, I'm so lucky that everybody connected to this. This is my first monster romance that I've written because um, I went from paranormal, I guess writing a goblin actually counts the monster, but this is my first <laughs> actual monster romance. And it's about four friends who go to a haunted house that they think it's just a plain haunted house an attraction. And they don't know that the monsters inside are real and that they've been matched to them. So, It's a new adventure for the friend and my main character Meg who is a lover of tabletop games, (laughs) Warhammer much, um, (laughs) she goes and finds that she's been matched to this Minotaur and it's got he is losing his kingdom within 14 days if he can't get his magic back and the only way to get his magic back is to have his mate fall in love with him. So now he's stuck with a human who didn't know magic is real and it gets all kinds of high dinks and fun and a demon kitty that everyone has decided that they love.
1: And it was just a
0: fun book to write.
1: And I love that because I write shifters, werewolf shifters. So I have the faded mate trope is probably my favorite. So how did you work that in with Minotaurs?
0: Oh, I love faded mates. So I have this whole theory on monster romance because I'm an avid fan of reading monster romance. And one of my theories is that shifters could be considered monsters if they transform into a monster. And the fated mates characters I wrote for, because the demon who is the hottie who got stuck with the most difficult of the four friends, he found <laughs> the fated mates of each of the four friends to match them with. And, of course, the Minotaur is like the human is never, ever going to accept me because, of course, those of us who write Shifters tend to love Beauty and the Beast. Right. So all of my things turn into Beauty and the Beast fairy tale retellings, and I try to spin it different every way. But the fated mate part of this is he has to have his fated mate to get the magic and feel the magic as they're getting closer and closer. And me being me, I threw in a mystery with a bunch of who's stealing the magic, who's, who's the culprit, who's our villain. So that was a lot of fun.
1: Yay. Do we get to find out who the villain is, or do we have to read the whole series to find out? Oh,
0: of course I would. No, no, no. We always have an overlying villain that gets hinted at, but I solve a mystery with each book. Oh, okay. This, I'm not a cliffhanger kind of girl. I mm-hmm. like my books wrapped up.
1: Okay, well, I wanted to ask you to explain to anyone who's listening who doesn't know what monster romance is. So pretty much paranormal romance has been around for a long time. So everybody knows vampires, werewolves, you know, demons angels all that kind of thing witches they all fall under paranormal romance but this new genre that's a little more fantastical um, of monster romance has been you know shooting up the charts and for people who aren't sure what what's do you have a definition of what is monster romance what's the difference
0: so I think monster romance is the sliver of in-between paranormal and fantasy where you have at least one main character, if not more, that are classified as monsters. And the wonderful thing about monster romance is that you can take the monster to either be a villain, a true beast, or I'm, I'm a huge fan of making them a cinnamon roll. So you still have the happily ever after, but you have a monster and I classify my monsters. Do you want me to geek out over this? Because I will.
1: <laughs> you can totally geek out.
0: <laughs> so I'm a huge monster romance reader, and I classify them in four. So aliens in space can be monsters in space, not Muppets in space, but monsters in space. <laughs> and if you watch the sci-fi romance genre, it has incorporated more monstrous characteristics in their heroes, especially um, so that's one of them. The other is the Cursed monster. Your classic Beauty and the Beast. You're cursed until, or you're cursed unless. Um, oh, so goodness. I have one of those coming out in June. Goodness, this year is going so fast. Right. And I know. Cursed to be a beast. Um, then you have your standard monsters who can shift into a human. And I love Lillian Lark has a kraken and by the kraken. He has a glamour; he can look like a human, but he's a kraken. Um, <laughs> and I think that's where we get into our shifters and our werewolves, kind of tying in that you can bring in fans of that because that was a love of mine, and I stepped over into monster romance from there. And then the last one is monsters who are always monsters. Right. So the minotaur, he doesn't he doesn't change. He's always a minotaur. That's just He's always gonna be a monster. Um, and it's liking the beast to the next level.
1: Right. I heard someone uh, describe it as for all the people who wanted Beauty and the Beast, wanted the beast to stay the beast and not turn into the prince,
0: right? That's my book dedication for all of us who wanted <laughs> our beast to stay a beast and who that guy <laughs> in. <laughs>
1: Well, then that leads to the next question, is because these are romances, there's usually sexy times. Is he a monster during sexy times? How do you get around that he's this giant monster?
0: Well, you should know that size difference is actually a trope in monster romance. (laughs) I get to use all the tropes. And (laughs) mine are less spicy than, say, Catherine Moon, who also writes monster romance. I usually do a scene or two of of spicy times, and the rest mm-hmm. is plot times. Um, because I'm a slow burner, I love to build and slow burn. But right. But, oh, yeah, he stays a monster. Okay. And I had a I had someone who said, but are you thinking about writing a threesome? And I went, look, you are fine with a minotaur and a human getting it on in a sex temple on an altar with <laughs> sacred wine. Yes. <laughs> a threesome, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> <like> that's there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is funny sometimes because we have to suspend our disbelief. And, and I know that I, at one time I was writing shape shifting vampires and but they shape shifted with magic. So I just had their clothes. Shape-shifted with them but I remember a reviewer who was very upset that I did not explain how the clothes were being shifted and shifted back and I thought wow you could suspend your disbelief for <laughs> blood-drinking vampires <laughs> but but the clothes but not, not that the is clothes. the line <laughs> that is totally
0: and it's it's fine because mine is Some people want monster romance to be true fantasy, high fantasy, where every little detail in the world is explained. And I'm just there for a good time and a romance that's got some sexy time and a happily ever after where everyone finds their fated mate and you know that everything's going to be okay. So I get reviews that they would really like me to go in depth, and I'm like, that's awesome. That's just not what I write.
1: Right. Well, I was going to ask about that, too. With with your world building, it sounds like your humans go into the haunted house, but when they meet the monsters, do they go into a fantasy land? What kind of world building are you doing in the series?
0: Oh, it's a cross-dimensional series, which is super fun because, of course, you've got the haunted mansion, which is on ley lines because why wouldn't it be on ley lines? And it has dimensional portals to monster world. And her guide is this cute little kitty cat that she follows into the colors. And his name is Augie. And then she finds out, oh, this is really Ogdalen, who is a demon cat. Um, And he is a (laughs) scene. You know, you write the characters who steal the scenes. And the cat was it. I
1: love that. And I, I saw some reviews. Everybody wants Augie. Is the cat in all the books? Is he Does he lead everyone or or we only see him in the Minotaur he, book?
0: He is just Meg's baby because I can't imagine separating Meg and Augie. But those who read the sneak peek that I got to put in, I was so excited to put in a sneak peek of *Stalk by the Kraken. And she has her own that's a little sea otter. And she thinks, what a cute little, I mean, I'm a sucker for sea otters. They're just so cute. (laughs) They are. And she doesn't know that it's also a sea monster in disguise. So that's going to be fun.
1: I love it. So what was your inspiration behind this? I mean, obviously you read a lot of monster romance, but did you have an idea knocking around? Did it hit you like a bolt of lightning? What what was the inspiration for, I'm going to make a haunted house and people fall in love with monsters?
0: I think I just love haunted houses. And I think they're so cool because I'm terrified of them because I'm a giant scaredy cat. And I
1: thought,
0: (laughs) what if you went in the haunted house And you went with your friends, and you were just going to hang out, and then you found out this is a for real haunted house. What, ghosts are the (laughs) least of my problems? What? what? And then I thought, can we make it sexy? Can we give them matched mates? Because faded mates is my jam. Mm -hmm. Can we do it even more fun? Can we bring in all the crazy things that I love, like tabletop gaming and sticker-addicted planner people? um, (laughs) yeah all of my crazy hobbies and things that I adore bring that in, and I needed i've I've talked to you about this, but the listeners don't know i had a a family member who was in and out of the hospital, and I just needed some joy that had no no ties to this world complete fantasy world with not a whole lot of um I write a lot of high suspense in my paranormal, a lot of we're all gonna die and I needed to step away on that. <laughs> right. And just have romance that was can we save the kingdom?
1: I love that. And so you were you kind of talked a little bit about the Kraken, but how many books are going to be in the um matchmaker monster romance series?
0: I had four friends who walk in, and I would never slide a girl. So four books (laughs) for the four friends, because it's just not fair to have that one friend who doesn't get something. So I got asked, is it a trilogy? And I was like, I wouldn't do that to y'all. I I wouldn't just (laughs) leave a friend out. I love it. And
1: so can you tell us the monsters that we're going to have? We've had a minotaur, and you said a kraken was next. Do we know the other two?
0: Of course. I'm a plotter. I'm the planner sticker-addicted <laughs> person. I even revealed it in this one, and I had some readers in my lovelies group who said, you did. And I said, oh, yeah, I've already told you what's coming. And they said, you, you just. And I went, when I'm a reader, I like Easter eggs to be found in my book where I can find out what's coming and be like, I knew that. So as a writer, I had, I had Leander, who is my sentimental sweetheart of a minotaur. He just is, oh. He says, well, at least I'm the most stable. I'm not like the Krakens who are always fighting over a queen or the moody gargoyles who can't decide who's going to be the queen or the, the demon. And, of course, Theo, you've met the demon in the first book, and he's already gotten requests. When's his book? And I'm like, y'all just had to wait till last. Y'all know that he's last. <laughs>
1: I love that. I'm always a sucker for redeeming the bad guy. So for my series, it's usually you have to wait for him. So I feel bad for the people at the beginning who are like, when do we get his book? Well, (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) just hang in there. I can't redeem you just yet.
1: That's right. I need him to be bad a while longer.
0: (laughs) And you always have a reason that he's being bad. And of course there's a reason that the monsters are needing them here. And I, But I can't just put all that in one book. It has to be stretched out.
1: Right, right. Just little breadcrumbs. (laughs) Uh, So what about your other series? You mentioned there's really high stakes in life and death, but it's called the Legacy Series, right? Do you want to tell everybody about that?
0: I had the Legacy Series, which was my first series, and I was not going to go into publishing. I was just going to write for me. And then it ended up winning some awards, and uh, a press picked me up. And wanted all five books, so they took the prequel, which is Tides of Time. Um, but you can start anywhere, because I like, I like my romance to be standalone. But mm-hmm. those are really complicated political intrigue, witches, and mysteries, and high romance. And yeah, I generally, we're all going to die, and it builds, and it's got witch elemental sisters and all of their mates, and how can they make their senate witch senates still work when they're trying to go their own way and break out from old rules. So I wrote the legacy sisters. And then I had so much interest in the side characters that I wrote the spinoff with the villains. And that's the wicked series. um, Because villains need a redemption arc. (laughs) And then I've also written the sin city shifters, which is um, if you were to die and come back as a fury or a mortal Daughter of the Furies, and get revenge for your death. They have, oh, they'd have wings and shifter mates, and they'd be roller derby stars, because, of course, that's how my brain works, because um, <laughs> I love roller derby. I was like, they'll be roller derby stars. And that little series has its own fans following, which is kind of cool.
1: Oh, I love that. I didn't even know
0: about that one, so I'll have to check that one out. But, yeah, I... It's- it- Go ahead. It's not completely finished, and the next okay. one comes out in, gosh, two weeks. Welcome to April, y'all. Um, right. And the last one comes out, I think, in November. I'm oh, busy. Exciting. You are
1: very busy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think it's so fun uh, as writers. We all have really diverse interests, and it's so fun to like pull them in a book. Except that our interests usually we. We get really into them for a while, and then they shift to something else. And so, when I go back and look at older books, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did do hot yoga for a long time." <laughs> was right? Doing hot back, yoga. Like, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember that."
0: <laughs> and mine was because I, I had a, a motorcycle accident with the traumatic brain injury where I died and came back, and I thought, "What if I could have come back as an immortal fury and like wreaked some havoc?" Book, what would yeah. I do? And then roller and, derby. And done Why roller not? derby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you ever done roller derby or you just enjoy watching it?
0: I have a friend who does it and I actually dedicated the first book to her because I was like, you are a queen because they are badasses.
1: <laughs> they are. And I don't
0: have, well, with, with the brain injury, they don't. I can barely Yeah, walk. they probably don't they want don't. you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they won't let me skate, but Wow, watching her I was like this is wonderful yeah it's amazing
1: <laughs> well speaking of the brain injury and all that kind of stuff do you want to tell everybody our, re- our listeners are always interested in your writing journey and how you finally got to be published and how that came about um Did you, you know, die and come back and go? I'm going to write a book. Or what? Your what did your writing journey look like?
0: (laughs) No, that would have been a lot more interesting. Uh, (laughs) I think I was always dabbling in writing as just a hobby, as an escape. And a couple of years before my accident, my big accident, because I've had, I mean, the steel body parts with scoliosis surgery when I was 15, and. Um, I've had a lot of other health issues with the disability. But when I decided to write and submit it for a first contest, I picked up an agent, and it was supposed to be literary fiction. It was very dark. And I was trying, and I'm not a really let's go to dark places in my mind kind of person. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. And then
0: I had the accident, and I got rear-ended, I was at a stoplight on a motorcycle, got rear-ended by a truck. So I took in the Ooh. grill, the hood, the windshield, the asphalt. Yeah, split open. They, the doctors patched me back together. It was a miracle. Um, and I thought, I really don't want to write dark stuff or literary fiction. I love genre. And I'm just going to write <laughs> some happy ever afters for me. Um, and I just never expected to publish it. And then 20 years later, it happened.
1: Ah, oh, that's so cool. And did you notice that? Um, did you have to come up with workarounds? I guess after the brain injury, did you notice that your process
0: changed or anything? So after the immediately after the brain injury, we didn't know if I'd ever be able to read again because um, oh. words the the communication center was damaged. So I had a lot of trouble retaining things, which was very frustrating. And I'm an overachiever, oh, so I was like, yeah, this is, this is not going to be a problem. <laughs> I'm just going to handle this. And they <laughs> said, you'll never walk again. And I was like, I'm just going to handle that. Um, and I'm just really stubborn. And that's part of why they think I made it through the, the actual collision was they're like, she's just, um, I had to modify my process because when your language center changes, sometimes you can – I used to be able to see books in my head, and now it's not quite the same. Now you have to just sit in – I know you're a big fan of meditation. and I have to sit and just turn off the world and sit in my world. And that's the only way I can do it. And did I think your it used to feel like it got piped in and now it's not. Now it's more like you gotta go sit in it and, and get in the middle of it and learn those characters and feel what they feel.
1: And do you find yourself like are you more of a plotter now just so you can retain it? Or did you know, were you was that process different before?
0: I would like to say that I'm a wonderful plotter and that I plot everything. Um <laughs> but I don't. I know where I'm going. I'm a headlight slaughter. I know where I'm going. And when I stop knowing where I'm going, I have to pull over, send change, put it in my mental crock pot, let it gel for a little bit. Like the book I'm writing now, I knew where I was going all the way to the halfway point, And I kind of knew the end battle. But then I thought, yeah, I don't, this is really fuzzy. And I thought, it's time to pull over. Get to know your characters. <laughs> Let's see where it's going, and it took maybe two days of just sitting with my characters while I was doing other stuff, you know, because 'cause they're just right. on the back burner while you're doing life, and then right. I thought, "Oh, here are the next ten chapters, and that'll take you to the end of the book. Here you go, Thanks. yay,
1: I love when our brains do that. I'll be folding laundry, and then I'll go, "Oh, that's how it will uh-huh. happen, <laughs> right?
0: Our brains I a just lot of laundry. laundry I did a lot of daytime job. I did a lot of commuting. I, I just I was like, it'll just come to you when it's ready. Um, yes. And that can be very frustrating for an overachiever, but sometimes you just got to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes it
1: just has to percolate a little longer, and then the answers come. <laughs> I was going to ask you about, um, since you've, you know, had the accident and the health issues, do you have, um, do you put characters who have those same kind of challenges in your books? Will people see the representation when they read them?
0: I am getting there. I I am getting there. I did not think that I was the best person to tell those stories. And I have slowly thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, when they use disabled for me, it's because I think, well, but other people have bigger problems. And then right. I finally thought, you know, I, I would want to see me in a story. And yeah. someone else might want to see me in a story. Yeah. So I've slowly been going that way. I have a series that's percolating in my brain. And, of course, she's she's I was in a wheelchair for the longest. And she's wheelchair. Um, and it's just really frustrating to see how differently people treat me in my chair as opposed to treat me when I'm upright. Mm -hmm. And so that comes through. I had a short story I was working on for an anthology that I'm hoping gets picked up soon. Um, And it is very much, she is going into a dream world. And I love that people think that, oh, you're going to be cured and get out of your wheelchair. And I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, that's not accurate representation that is a fantasy thing and I don't like it and I don't appreciate it because my brain will never be completely put back together Um, it's just not and my spine will never be completely put back together so I am trying to go that way and feel like I would not disparage or or, you know you want to be the right person to tell the story and I I need to know that I'm that person Mm hmm.
1: Well, and I think, too, that you're in the right position to tackle something like that, just because, like you were saying about the fantasy thing, where suddenly you're cured. Well, it's not that you're broken. It's that you're just different. And that's okay. And so I think a lot of times, you know, people try to, you know, quotation, cure someone when they weren't broken. They're just put together different, you know, and and so it's not that wheelchair maybe is part of them, not, you know, a, not a drawback, <laughs> you know, it's something that gets mine, them from point mine, A to point B.
0: Mine has been, when it is, when I need it, it is part of me, and I I did write it in the Legacy series in a side character who I just refused to give her away because I loved her so much, um, and it came around to the point where Somebody said something about, could you use your magic to heal yourself? Because you're the most magical person here. And she says, there's nothing wrong with me. Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. I
1: love that.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. Because there's not, you know, everybody's just different. It doesn't mean that you're broken. I, When I was in high school, I TA'd for, um, we had a whole, section of the school that was um, deaf students and I wanted to learn sign language and so I signed up one of my electives to go TA and the first thing that I learned was that they're totally fine not hearing nobody is bummed you know it's not a disability it's just that's the way they're built and they're fine with it no one is sad um you know (laughs) they communicate differently than than i do but then they you know teach you you pick up sign language really quickly and it's just like everyone else and so anyway i i appreciate anybody who you know, puts in their books someone who is not. They're not broken. They're just different than you, and that's okay.
0: And I, I always laugh because the hearing community. I'm like, well, who says the hearing community's not weird? And and right. I look at other people when they look at me and go, well, but you're disabled and you should be sad. And I thought, no, no, I'm happy because no. I'm still here, and I'm right. awesome. Yeah, so I'm not sad. <laughs> and then they look at me and go, but You're disabled, and I go. Maybe you're the one that's got the problem, right? Right?
1: Yeah, that's just how my world is, and I'm cool with it. And uh, you know, there's nothing broken. It's okay. Yeah. So I love that there's getting more representation of that, especially in romance, because everybody deserves a happy ever after. You don't have to be, you know, a certain type to get that. Everyone. Yeah. So I love that you're. I gave a
0: Minotaur a happy.
1: Right? Right? (laughs) Well, we're rapidly running out of time, but where can people connect with you after they read the Minotaur book and they're very excited? Are you on all the social medias?
0: I'm on the social medias. I tend to gravitate towards Facebook and TikTok, but um, I... I am on the socials. I'm just not always on the socials because I I gotta go write. So right. people are like, "Why aren't you here every day?" And I went, well, "Don't you want me to write the next book?"
1: <laughs> is are you just under Luna Joya on on Facebook and is that your handle on TikTok too?
0: Someone took my handle
1: and I thought, oh, "Okay,
0: well rude. I'm Luna Joya writer."
1: There we go. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh well thanks and so much for, for people being who here read the Minotaur, there's a bonus epilogue of course that they sign up for the newsletter which my <sighs> newsletter is honestly the best way to find me and i do love writing bonus epilogues for my newsletter people because they're my they're my folks
1: oh i love it so everyone go sign up for luna's newsletter i did put a link to her website you can sign up right there and thanks so much for being here today it was great
0: chatting with you Thank you so much for having me, and I love your podcast. Aw, thanks. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos,
1: and podcasts that matter to readers.